Today, I want to continue in that regard. I want to talk about keeping up with the Joneses. Look at your neighbor. Say, are you keeping up with the Joneses? Somebody may want to mention another name. I didn't tell you to mention another name. It's just Joneses. Any other name that comes to your mind, that's your own. <laughs> you are just checking if they are keeping up with the Joneses. All right, let's read our anchor text that we've been reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 1 to 8. 1 Corinthians 13 from verse 1 to 8. 1 Corinthians was written into a very powerful church. It's like a church in Chicago. You know, every time I read Corinthians, I always think about Chicago. Very busy commercial nerve center of the then world in some sort. And um, this church was a very blessed church. This church was a church where people had gifts of the Holy Spirit. People, amen. They, they were moving in all kinds of stuff. And then Paul was now trying to speak to them. He started this conversation from 1 Corinthians 12 and toward the end of 1 Corinthians 12. And I hope you know that really the chapterization of the Bible was done after, after the fact. You know, That means the writers didn't chapterize it. Paul didn't write 1 Corinthians 12 and say, this is my 12th chapter. No. All he did was that he wrote 1 Corinthians, <laughs> or he wrote the letter, and that was his first letter to the Corinthians. Later on, some guys called it first, and some guys called the other one second, and then they put chapters in there. So if you start reading from verse 31, it's, or let's even start from 30 of 1 Corinthians 12. It says, do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with th- tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet, I show you a more excellent way. What is that more excellent way? Then he gets into uh, chapter 13 to tell us the more excellent way. Verse 1 of 13. He says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but I, I but have not love, I have nothing. Verse 3 says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up does not behave rudely, does not seek his own, is not provoked. Some translations say easily provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Love never fails. The, 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 the apostle is trying to show us the excellency of love. He's trying to tell us that really the hallmark of the New Testament is love. Uh, the, the whole New Testament can be summarized in one verb. Love. Not just a noun. Love is a noun, but love is more a verb. In this place, he was showing us how love is a verb, not just a noun. Uh, in, first, in, in, in First John, you will see love portrayed as a, a person, 
but when you come into like first corinthians 13 like we've just been looking at we see love as a verb and you see he mentioned several things that we have been looking at in the past um, few weeks we've looked at the fact that love is kind we have looked at the fact that love is patient and here he's now telling us that love does not envy love does not envy you see there is something they call survival of the fittest it is something that is supposed to be among animals and you know if you believe some of these philosophies and say man is a higher animal or whatever um there is this craving in people and other lower animals for survival and there is a part of that survival that works in the blame game you know where you point fingers at people and blame people for what is going on and you know you you don't remember that <laughs> it is not possible for everybody to be guilty except you in fact if it if it becomes that every other person is wrong all the time then maybe you are the one that is wrong all the time but i'm not going to the blame game t- this morning uh, there is another game that is even more deadly than the blame game and that is the comparison game it is the game of comparing one to another it is the game of unhealthy comparison it's the game of checking somebody else's watch to know the time and i'm not talking of that uh, you di- I don't have a wristwatch, I don't have a, a phone on me, I don't know what the time no, it is I have my own but I'm using their own to run my life I'm using their own to run my time I, I, and the Bible is telling us that uh, love does not behave like that, love does not do that that is not part of the action part of love love is a noun, love is also a verb love, you will see love by what love does I can't tell you that I love you by just what I say with my mouth <laughs> no, 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 no. I will see it. We are talked about the find that I will see that that, that 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 person begins to show kindness. I will see that that person becomes patient, which is to wait and to stay. Uh, uh, like I mentioned last week. But another part of it is that we will see that that love does not envy. That love does not envy. It, there's no this unhealthy competition. You see, the Bible is speaking in Second Corinthians chapter ten and verse twelve. Second Corinthians chapter ten and verse twelve. It says, "For we dare not make ourselves of the number, or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves by themselves. He said they are not wise. It is not wisdom to use somebody else as your yardstick." And by yardstick, I mean that you are not using them to challenge yourself. You are just comparing yourself. And that is one of the biggest pressure that human beings have today. That is why that uh, social media has become so divisive. That is why all these things that people tend to get online have been so, it it has put a lot of pressure. Uh, That's why some people believe that they are ugly. That's why some people believe that they don't like their arms. They don't like their leg. They don't like their face. They don't like the tone of their voice. They don't like the color of their skin. Why? Because they saw somebody else. So we are playing this comparison game. And the Bible is telling us this morning, if you want another definition of foolishness it is when you are comparing yourself with another person i will not be you you will not be me if god was cloning us and duplicating us you know in some apps you can do control d or command d depending on the computer you use which is that you duplicate it it's exactly the same thing no that's not what god did with us Uh, no 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 that's not what god did every time he makes a human being is completely different 
I am not even like my children. Or my children are not like me in the sense that I, we are unique. We have similarities, but we also have many, many differences. Why? God loves variety. The reason why your brother is the way they are is, is not so that they will put pressure on you. It's, so, it's not so that it will bring competition. It will bring completion. If you understand that, there will be no problems in many times in the home. Did you, did you know that there are many homes where the husband is trying to compete with the wife? Oh, you cannot outdo me in having money. I must make more money. I've even heard some men. My wife cannot earn more than I can earn. God help you. Just break your neck on top of nothing. There's, there's not, who wrote that rule? Who wrote the rule? There's nobody that wrote that rule. Why are you comparing? And you see, life is in season. If this season she's any more than you, glory be to God. We are all winning. Amen. And if another season are many more than her, glory be to God, we are all winning. But to begin to do all this comparison game, the Bible calls it another definition of fool. Foolishness. And many people are doing it every day. You are comparing. The reason you want to have that car is not necessarily that you want mobility. You want mobility, but you want to show them. You want to show them. They will know that we have arrived. Where are you arriving at? <laughs> there are people, they, when they dress like this, ah, they will take. Take what? <laughs> you, you look at yourself in the mirror like, ah, hmm, girl, girl, go and give it to them. Yeah, they are not going to get it. <laughs> you know, sometimes if everything you do should be for the Lord and for yourself. And I'm not saying that don't be mindful of people. Don't because some people will be ah, I'll just I'll just do my own thing. Pastor, is it? No, that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this: don't live for others. The audience that you really have is God and you. It's not the audience of every other person. Because many people they come, they do things, it's almost like you are catching up with something. There is an imaginary race, there is something you want to prove. There is nothing to prove. Oh, all my mates have gone. All my mates are doing this. <laughs> are you really sure? I know some of your mates that are dead. Some of them died in February. There are people that you went to high school together, elementary school together. They, this February that we have not finished, they've died. So if you are doing that comparison, oh yeah, let's go to the other side and compare yourself with those people that are not there. So understand that God has made you unique. Your story may look like the other person's own, but it doesn't have to look like that. I can be different in my own self. I mean, if you look at the Bible, you just see how God works with different people. It was the same God that worked with Peter. Peter got married. Peter had mother-in-law. It was that same God that dealt with Paul. Paul did not get married. Now, for Paul to not be comparing himself to Peter, you know that there are, there's, a, there's a problem there. And that is what is happening every day. Many times when people wake up and go to Instagram, they compare themselves to somebody that took three hours to take that video you understand they took the video and in the angles you know there's a way you can take video you look prim and proper you know what i mean i, I mean I, <laughs> it was a new year day when my amusement park was very bogus you know you know what amusement park is okay so i i look like i was in my first trimester <laughs> Pregnancy, you know, and they say I should take a picture. Ah, and I, and I talked it in like this. If somebody sees that picture and be putting himself under pressure, look at Pastor E. He's just, he's just well caught. I'm not well caught. Too. I caught myself well <laughs> to take the picture. And people are waking up in the morning, and the first thing they do is to go and look at those kind of stuff, and then be putting pressure on themselves. Look at your neighbor. Say, relax. No pressure at all. At all. 
sorry if that's not correct English help me correct it please <laughs> now when you start to compare yourself with yourself when you start to compare with others when you are trying to catch up with the Joneses what happens there are many things that happen one of the things that happen is that you become envious envy begins to settle and envy is very very dangerous envy is very very dangerous you find envy operational in many places now let's walk through this in a little bit what is envy envy is to be under pressure when others do well <laughs> do you know that even when people come to give testimony in church some people feel very bad lord when lord when when you see somebody give testimony of their ring you know they snap the ring they're like god when god when god when i don't like that god when philosophy you know some people go on the line and say god when god when god when what God, when what? Are you are you the same? Are you, are not, you are not the same persons. You don't have the same calendar. Some of you got born again two years ago. They got born again 20 years ago. So, God, when what? Leave them alone. Let them go their own. You know? Let them be going their own. And you see, one of the things is this. Because of where they are going and where you are going, your, your motion will not be the same. I have seen things that I started before some of my friends. I have seen other things that I started very late. Do you, I mean, for example, when before I entered college, I was playing in high school. I, I mean, like, really, really playing. I knew nothing. When I finished high school, <laughs> was when I now went to start learning. Because that's when I became born again. And then I now sat down to learn. It took me three years to learn what I should have learned in six years. So that I can now go and do the exams and get into college. So when all those three years when I was trying to get into college, I used to think to myself, I mean, the devil will whisper to me that you are slow. And he was telling me in those days that, you know what, what is your goody two shoes that you're doing you're, you know you don't want to cheat you don't want to just do this thing and go on with your life I said no i'm going to do it the right way i'm going to stay here and he was telling me all your mates have gone all your mates have gone so this is three years when i entered college i was one of the oldest guys in my class you know i was over 20 when i entered college you know so i used to feel like ah, no i lost time you know when i graduated from school i found out that there were many of my friends that had gone they were still in their sophomore year some of them were just entering school. So all the pressure the devil was putting on me three years ago, four or five years ago, it was unnecessary because we were not going to the same place. I was going to a different place. Apparently, God knew that he was going to create a model for me because at that time that I was reading all those books, there were no private universities in Nigeria. But by the time I was ready to go to school, they just created private university. And September of that year, I entered the first private university they created then finished my program and then i looked at my friends Ah, many of you are still where we thought ah, we thought we are in front but you know god is the one that determines motion god is the one that determines speed so when it means when 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 you start getting under pressure for the well-being of others maybe you are beginning to be envious what does it mean to be envy envious envy is an emotion which occurs when a person lack another's quality you know, when you don't have a quality that somebody has, when you don't have a skill that they have, when you don't have an achievement that they have, when you don't have a possession that they have, and you desire or wish that the other person have, they lacked it. When it comes to envy, envy is like, I want it, or they should not have it. It's not, that's the problem about envy. It's not only that people want it alone, they want it sometimes and sometimes when i cannot have it why should you have it if i can't have it why should you have it why are you so happy why are you so why why is your relationship so working 
and me I have not it, no, no guy has come why are you always telling me that oh that, 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 that guy asked you why, why is nobody asking me so it's almost like if they are not asking me they should not be asking you <laughs> let me tell you the truth there are many 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 times you as even Jesus you have to wait and let John the Baptist be shining did you know Jesus was allowed around when John the Baptist started his own ministry Jesus who came to save the, the whole world he was around when John the Baptist started baptizing people and everybody would go to John's church and Jesus was supposed to start church and Jesus was there even Jesus went to John's church not under pressure so when it comes to envy you begin to want what people have you begin to desire it in a, in a very unhealthy way and in another twist to it you don't want them to have it you feel like they should lose their own you feel like they should lose their job especially if you don't like them you know what i mean some of us we feel like when some people do some things that are against us everybody should not like them like we don't like them especially god you know you are just wondering like because they hurt you you are feeling that something bad will happen today and you know the way god does this thing you will now they will not be you will not be seeing how good things are happening to them <laughs> you you just see the person is, is living a good life the person seemed to be fine the person just bought a car in fact sometimes they'll just say help me thank the lord <laughs> look what the lord has done i like what, what i don't think it's the lord that is doing that one because god should show you you you, you should you should have a re, re, repercussion of what or other people should not be friends with you because some of the times when we are not friends with some people we feel like every other person should not be friends with them you feel like why can't you be friends with somebody i'm not friends with if you are friends with somebody i'm not friends with you are also my enemy <laughs> you don't need to do that you don't need to do that that is tending towards envy envy is a very bad thing in fact it was envy that was the first original sin even before adam and eve sin the bible speaking in isaiah chapter 14 isaiah chapter 14 from verse 12 to 20 it was this sin of envy that made satan's abortive attempt to absorb god's divine attributes he wanted to be god he was envious of god he was wondering why is everybody bowing to you why is only you that is making command but he had forgotten that he has a beginning only the one that does not have a beginning deserves worship and if you have a beginning because satan has a beginning and believe me he also has some kind of end <laughs> so he that does not have beginning of days and end of days he deserves worship but satan didn't know this and satan wanted to solve his authority and that was envy when that didn't work for satan he inspired eve to be also envious he imbibed this same evil thing uh, uh into eve so that eve uh, yielded to Satan's insinuations in Genesis chapter 3 verse 4 to 7 Genesis chapter 3 verse 4 to 7 you see that happening there it was still this same envy that prompted the first murder in the Bible it was envy that Abel uh, Cain had against Abel he wanted what Abel had he wanted the kind of reaction God gave to Abel to happen to him and he could have gotten it let me tell you the thing that envy does envy blinds you from what you might have otherwise gotten without pressure most of the time what people are envious of if they can rejoice with others if they can wait for their time some of the time some of those things they will get it and they will get it even bigger 
because yours is also coming. There is something about God. When you see him doing something for your neighbor, it means he's in the neighborhood. And if God is in the neighborhood, it's just a matter of time. He's going to get to you too. So if it is happening for them, it means God is in town. And if he can make it happen for them, he can make it happen for you. Tell somebody he can make it happen for you. You can say it to another person. Make it louder. He can make it happen for you. So it is envy that prompted the mother in Genesis 4. Genesis 4 verse 5. So we see envy several places in the Bible. In fact, why they killed Jesus was because of envy. If you read Matthew chapter 27 verse 18. Mark chapter 15 verse 10. Envy was the reason Jesus died. Yes, Jesus came to die. But the reason why they eventually persecuted that death was because they were envious of him. Why is everybody going to him? In fact, you don't remember, you remember one time when he healed Lazarus, and when he called Lazarus from the dead, he said, hey, we have to take these guys out, because look at all these notable miracles happening to him. Now, the dead is, the dead is, is rising up. We have to get him out, because it's, it's going to mess up our own business. Because the way some people think is that somebody's well-being, if somebody is doing well, it will affect their own. The way they see God is this. God has ten opportunities. If he has given one, it's only nine is remaining on. So I must make sure, and me, I need nine. I need nine. So I must make sure I get my own nine so that God will not run out. Let me tell you the truth. If God gives somebody something that you are also asking him for, he has many more. Because he doesn't need to give them from, like, I have ten. No, 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 no. He can give them from his riches in glory. You know what his riches in glory mean? If I need it, I create it. If I want it, I make it happen. So I, I, I do, it's not like I have a store that finishes. No, 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 no. I replenish it. Even mercy, I'm doing it every morning. I'm replenishing it. If I'm replenishing mercy every morning, can't I replenish car every morning? Can't I replenish God? Because it's mercy that's keeping people alive. And mercy is even bigger than mundane things. So if I can give mercy every morning, believe me, I can give anything. I can give anything. I don't run out. So envy, you see it all over the Bible. Now, let me walk through this and um, we are going to pray. How do I deal with envy? How do I deal with envy? Because it happens to almost all of us. (laughs) I think there's a temptation at least for all of us to be envious. Because sometimes you are asking God, God, do this for me. God, do that for me. And then you come and see people giving that same testimony here. In fact, the way they will give the testimony, it will look like you, you have been doing over syllabus. Like you have been praying, you have been fasting. The person will just say, I just ask God in the morning, oh Lord, I love you. Please show up like this. And then at night he showed up. You are like, is that, is that how God shows up? Me, I've been asking God since I came to this America. That, 2018, I've been asking this same question. Every time they say, make your request known to God, I make it known to God. Is, <laughs> you are so angry in your heart. Like, are you kidding me? Is that, is, and sometimes you even think some of those people are making it up. Like, mm, mm, it's easy like that. <laughs> is that how God does miracles? <laughs> That's how some people don't believe in miracles. They say, ah, it's all stage managed. How, how can it happen? It can happen. The fact that it didn't happen for you does not mean it can happen. It can, it can happen. And it will happen for you in Jesus' name. How do I deal with envy? Because believe me, God will do things for other people that it seems he's not doing for you. In fact, sometimes you will pray for those other people or you will pray with them. You know, sometimes you have prayer partners. Ah, sister, let's just be believing God for our future partner. And then you were the one that started the, uh, the something. And God has... The brother and that brother, you were thinking too. You were thinking that maybe that's was that's her, that's him. And then suddenly she said, ah, Sister, 
God has done it. Oh, I can't even believe it. I can't believe it. He said, what, 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 what? God has done it. Ah, if you see the way he just did it. So and so just came to me today. And he said, he's been thinking about me. He is that. In fact, as she's speaking like this, your head is just like, jammed. <laughs> you wonder like, are you kidding me? This is like nightmare. How do I deal with such things? First of all, count your blessings. Count your blessings. Change your focus on what God has done for you. Uh, 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 what God has not done for you. Uh, excuse me. Change your focus to what God has done for you and not what God has done for others. If you look where you will find God, God always leaves himself with a witness. He never leaves himself without a witness. You are just looking at the wrong parameters. Because if you look at the wrong things, if you are looking at your friend, you'll be seeing the wrong things. But if you look at your life, you will see where God is moving. I can tell you there is never any time God will leave himself without a witness. You, you can never hear that I don't have anything or God has not done anything. No, it's not possible. Even if you, that you are alive is something. So you now need to steward and do an inventory of your own life. And you need to do it. Especially when you are in that place where you are trusting God for something. You need to see God of what he has done. Because it is the trust in what he did that will make you see him in what he wants to do. If you cannot believe him and see him where he has done something, you may not see him do a new thing. The reason why many people have not seen God do a new thing is that they have not acknowledged the good things that he has done. There is something about the acknowledgement of the good things that God has done that propels you to enjoy the new things that God wants to do. In Psalm 139 from verse 17 to 18. Psalm 139, 17 to 18. The psalmist began to say something. He said, look, the thought of God, the intentions of God is very, is very good to me. And there are many good intentions he has for me. He says, if I were to number them, he said, they are uncountable. And believe me, your blessings are that many. There are, there are that many. Do you know you can thank God for shoes? You can thank God for clothes. I, sometimes I enter my closet and I say, who would have thought? Who would have thought? In this same preaching the gospel, I remember one day, I was ironing the shirt. This shirt, it had, you know, I don't know the word to use for it now, but um, it had a cut <laughs> in the collar. And then the cuffs, like you could see the thread and all of that kind of thing. And I was feeling bad inside me. I think I went to meet my grandmother. And I was, you know, and my grandmother is a church person. Her husband is, some people know her husband. It's pretty famous, a little bit like that, you know. So I went to meet him, uh, meet her, <laughs> and I, I said, I, I said, Mama, how do I, how, why would God do that? You know what she told me? She said, it's soon going to be more than enough. It's soon going to be more than enough. Do you know that almost every time I have opportunity to go to Nigeria, travel, I will pack shoes, I will pack clothes, and as soon as I give it out, boom, more will come. It's like magic. <laughs> so the other day I was in our closet because, you know, sometimes we play, pray in that place, you know. And I was just looking at the clothes. And I was like, who would have thought? Who would have thought that there are shirts that I may not wear in a year? That sometimes my wife says, you have not worn this shirt forever. They give it to somebody. Who would have thought? But you know, there was a day that I didn't have shirt. Now today, if I don't have money in my hand, can I remember the day that I didn't have shirts? And thank God for the shirts I have. And make 
make a big deal out of it because it's a big deal. Oh, but, 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 but this is America. <laughs> Who told you that in America people don't go shirtless? <laughs> but, 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 but this is America. People always have what to eat. Who told you that? There are, more homeless, there are a lot of homeless people, even in this Chicago. Go, go under, under some of the overpass, under the, some of the bridge. You'll find people there that are homeless. And some people say, well, it's drugs that they did. No, it's not drugs that they did. I've worked with shelter companies before. And I know people, I mean, I was in one shelter some three, four years ago. I saw an MBA. When the guy came here, I thought it was an angel. <laughs> because the guy was so tall. I was like, what in the world? Is he a human being? I, sincerely, I thought it was an angel because it's at night. It's like 12 a.m. So I thought, did I see an angel? Because, you know, some people say, when they see the angel, the guy was looking very tall. And then I was like, man, this guy is tall. When we found out his story, he used to play NBA with Chicago Bulls. He was homeless. He came to sleep in that homeless place that day. Long, plenty long story. But I'm, being homeless and having issues doesn't mean that you didn't start well. So if you have food on your table, if you have clothes on your back, if you have shelter, roof over your head, don't commonize it. It's a big deal. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. Tell your friend, say it's a big deal. What God has done for you, it's a big deal. You have to count your blessings. Because if you are counting what God is doing for them, you forget what he has done for you. That's the problem many of us have. It is not because God has any done any big deal. What he has done for you, like that song says, what the Lord has done for me, I cannot tell it all. Some of us need to have blessing journal, miracle journal, uh, where we are noting it. And if you cannot write it on the paper, maybe have a note on your phone where you write what God has done. Put the dates there and read it regularly so that you remind yourself uh, that we didn't just get here. We have history. You know what God told the Israelites when they were leaving Egypt? He said, these things that I'm going to do, write it everywhere. Tell it to your children. Remind them. Rehearse it for them. Because the reason I'm doing this is so that it will remain in your history. It will remain in your mind so that you will know that if I did this I can do something bigger. Because if you forget what God did yesterday you may miss what God wants to do today. The reason people are under pressure today is they have forgotten what God has done. Some people forgot that five years ago they were praying for where they are now. They forgot it. They forgot it. They forgot. I mean, they they don't thank God for the good things he has given them. Oh, even coming to church, you know it's a good thing. You know it's a good thing to be able to come to church. Do you know there are countries in this world you can't go to church? You can't come openly like this. So I come in the church. I thank God for that. So if I'm already thankful about that, do you know it will be hard for the ushers to make me angry? Because I'm already grateful. I'm coming with a grateful heart. My tank is full of gratitude. So if you do something to me, you will de- take a little out of it, but you, you will not be probably be able to affect my mood. So how do I stay and deal with envy? Count your blessings. You need to count it. Your family is your blessing. Your academics is your blessing. That you can read. That you can write. I, have, I know people. People that are very close to me. They couldn't just learn. They couldn't just learn. <laughs> it's a thing. They want to, but they couldn't learn. They will read like this. They will read. They will read. Now concerning spiritual gift. You ask them, what did you just read? They forgotten. They forgotten. They, I mean, it was hard. So you can learn. It's a good Oh, this exam, this exam. That you can even learn. Thank God for that. Because when you celebrate him for his hand, you will see his whole body. So count your blessing. 
how do I deal with envy? I count my blessing. I learn to be, con- be contented. I learn to be contented. I learn to live within what God has provided for me. I learn to live in the now. I learn to be contented. Contentment is something that we need again in our generation. Everybody wants to have it now and have it, you know, whether, whether God provides it or I provide it for myself, let it just be provided for. I'm going to get into trouble with that. Contentment is good. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 6. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. Contentment is something that you and I need to work with. The Bible says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. That means that if you want to have gain in this work of, in this life of God, you must not only be godly. You must not only follow godly principle. You have to be contented. You have to know how to abound and how to abase. You have to know how to stay where God has placed you for the now. You have to know how to be patient with God. You have to know how to receive what God has given you and not be under pressure. You have to understand that the life of man does not consist of the abundance of things that he possesses. It doesn't matter. I may not have a house. I may not have a car. But I'm glad. And let me tell you the truth. It is not what you have that makes you happy. There was a story I was reading which day now. And um, the, a teacher came into the class and asked the student. He said he wants to know what people are going to do with $1 million. That they should write it down. And they, they started to write it down. They started to write it down. He gives them some time. After a while, somebody stood up and came to meet him. He said $1 million will not be enough. <laughs> They've not given him more. <laughs> they just told him to think about it. You don't have it yet, but it has already finished. That's how some of us are. He's like, God, I, I need a raise. And you are thinking in your head, what would the raise be? Okay, 25% raise. Ah, that can't be enough. But you don't even have it yet. Contentment. And contentment does not mean you have to be laid back, complacent. No, no, no. You can be motivated. You can want to reach forward, but you can stay where you are. You can start from where you are. You can follow the process. It is lack of contentment. That makes people boycott the process. It is lack of contentment that makes people cheat, lie, do things that are unprintable, things that are ungodly. And they will come to church, come and give testimony. Don't give those kind of testimonies. Yeah, it's lack of contentment. Be contented. Be contented. What he has given you is okay. I mean, we, I, I, I grew up with grandparents, parents, that I thought were richer than what eventually I found out that. But they were just contented. They knew how to live within my means. They knew how to celebrate God with small, with little. Because let me tell you the truth. Most of the time, God is waiting for you to know how to manage little to give you more. He that is faithful in little will be faithful in much. In Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Hebrews 13 verse 5. The Bible speaking in Hebrews 13 verse 5. He said... Can you, can you give it to us? Hebrews 13 verse 5. It says, let, us, let your conduct be without covetousness. Covetousness is the other side of envy. Covetousness is envy uh, on a small level. But it's also envy somehow. You know, you want what others have. It's just that envy sometimes don't want those people to have what they have. It wants them to have, not have it again. But covetous just wants it. But he said, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Let what you have be 
be content with that. Do you know why people sleep with another person's wife? They are not content with what they have. And sometimes when you look at it, it's just lack of contentment because biologically speaking, it's a stupid stuff. You know what I mean? There's nothing, everything is the same. Amen to Jesus. I mean, I, I just have to speak, not to not be too graphic about that. But biologically speaking, it's the same thing. There are doctors here. I'm like, I want it different. God will help you. He said, be contented with what you have. He said, for God himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What, what does that mean? It means that when you are not contented, you are not believing the scripture. You don't believe that it's with you. You don't believe that it is it, by your side. It, it, contentment and uh, covetousness and envy is a statement to God. I, you don't believe I'm there. You don't believe I'm with you. You don't believe what I said here that I will not leave you, I will not forsake you. You don't believe I'm for you. So that's why you want to grab what other people are. You don't believe I will bring it to you. You don't believe that if I come late, I will still come anyways. You don't believe that if I'm delayed because I'm the resurrection and the life, if you die, I will wake you up. You don't believe that. So you are covetous because you don't believe that God says, I will be with you. Pull up verse 6. Pull up verse 6 of Hebrews 13. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. So when I believe that God is with me, I will not be covetous. And then the help of God will show up. Why is it that the help of God is not showing up sometimes? We are not contented with what we have. Because believe me, God wants you to look good. God wants There are many of the things that you want to break your neck to have. He wants you to have it. He just wants a different you to have it. Because what God wants is that he wants you to have things and things not having you. The problem many people have is that things have already had them. They, it is, they are so materialistic. The, the thing has, is that struck them. It's what, what, what holds them. And God said, no, no, no. I, I don't want things to have you. I want you to, I want me to be your object. I want to be your possession. I want you to believe that I will not leave you or forsake you. Not things. Things can leave you, but I won't leave you. So you can now boldly say that the Lord is your helper. So what do you do with, uh, how do you deal with envy? You count your blessings. You learn to be contented. And let me tell you one of the things that you can use to fight contentment. Because when you are not contented, you tend to be greedy. The Bible speaking in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28 talks about how to deal with greed or how to deal with some part of this contentment. It says, let it that steal, steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his own hand, what is good, that he may have something to give to who has need. Let me tell you the cure to greed, giving. Yeah. That's the cure to greed. Have all you, uh, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. That's the recipe to kill yourself. Go and read Luke chapter 12. It's the story of the rich fool. That's what the Bible calls him. And what did he do? He had all he can. He can't what he has. He even told his soul, relax my soul. Sit on the can. And God said, you, you are a fool. You are a fool. You, you missed the point. You missed the reason why I give people things. I don't bless people so that they will become a reservoir. I bless them to become a blessing. If you don't understand the reason for the blessing... You have missed it. And God says, look, if you want to fight greed, give it. If you want to fight greed, give it. When you notice that things are having you, give it. 
give it. And let nothing, let nothing possess you. Let nothing take over you. I must have that kind of car. I must, no, I must not have nothing. I must just have God. I don't have, I don't have to drive any car. I don't have to wear designer. I don't have to, I don't have, to have a label. If I have one mentor, he doesn't like to buy clothes that have, he, he will buy designers, but he doesn't want them to. He said, why am I that? I'm advertising for them. And do you know that's what you are doing? When you have the fubu like this, you know. Say, he said that's billboard now. <laughs> you know, that's all some people. I, I, just, I, I like to wear designers. Me, I am the designer. Me. Anything I wear is now become designer. Do you understand? Do you know some of the celebrities? They'll go and buy. I think I saw what was this guy's name that was wearing this um, 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 sweater, ugly sweater kind of guy. Huh? Huh? No, not Kanye. 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 Not Kanye. He's another guy. He acts. He's Angelina Jolie. He used to be with her husband one time. Huh? Brad Pitt. Yeah. I saw this thing. I said, what is this? Do you know that thing will sell out that day? Because people saw it. Because the thing looked like rag. Believe me. My grandmother would say, this is rag. <laughs> That's how it look. But because of the person wearing it, it becomes something. And that's how you have to take yourself. You are something. Anything I wear is something. You will like it. Because when I put it on, because of the glory of God that is inside of me, it will, it will carry glory to Amen. So it's not that the clothes are really that beautiful. It's the person carrying the clothes that is making it beautiful. So how do I deal with uh, envy? I count my blessing. I learn to be contented. Let me end with this. I keep an eternal perspective of life. I keep an eternal perspective of life. You see, the reason why many people are envious is that they think everything is only here. This is not all. Let me tell you, this is the smallest part of all. (laughs) Time is the smallest part of eternity. It's too small. You can count it. Eternity is uncountable. If you don't understand that life is beyond now, you will just be running this rat race. I must, I must, you must what? The person that said I must yesterday, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? I was reading one article. The person said, one day, the food you cooked, you won't be able to eat it. One day, the clothes you bought, you won't be able to wear it. One day, they will call your phone, you won't be able to pick it. That phone that you want to buy, the, the latest phone that you don't have money for, that you want to break your neck over, that phone, you are going to, somebody is going to call it one day, you can't pick it up. What's going to happen that day? You have to live every day with that day somewhere in your mind. Else, you'll be envious. But when you are thinking about eternity and understanding that it is even possible that sometimes I may not have some things here, but I'm going to glory. I'm going to somewhere. The Bible said there was a Lazarus, not the Lazarus that Jesus rose from the dead, that was poor here on earth. It says, but as the Lazarus died, it says the angel of God carried him to Abraham's bosom. There was a rich man, and when the rich man died, he went down. So it is where I end up that matters more. First John chapter 2, verse 17. First John chapter 2, verse 17. Give me that and let me close with that, sir. First John chapter 2 verse 17 and the world is passing away and the lust of it but he that does the will of the Lord or the will of God abides forever my friends the world is passing away there will be one day there will be no America 
There will be one day there will be no dollars. There will be one day there will be no Bitcoin. I need to have all the money. For what? And I'm not telling you to be lazy. I'm not telling you not to apply yourself. But I'm telling you as you apply yourself with respect to the final place. I am not going to sell today on the platter of tomorrow. I am not going to gain the world and lose my soul. I'm not going to gain everything and lose my soul. There is, some people are so covetous and envious and pushing things. They have lost their children. They have lost their marriage. They have lost their health. I have found many people in the bid of making money, they forgot about their health. And when they now made the money, the health was not there. And how would they now spend that money that they have used all their health to get? There is nothing you lose, especially the, 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 the things of eternal consequence that is worth it. It's not worth it when you are trying to pursue mundane things. And so God is telling us this morning that love does not envy. He's not keeping up with the Joneses. And not to keep up with the Joneses, he must count his blessings. He must remember that God has also done him something too. He may not do it in the way he has done it for them, but he has done him something. Uh, And as he's doing that, he must learn to be contented. What God has given to you, live with it. Rejoice with it. Celebrate God for your own little. Yours may not be like their own, but celebrate God for that. Be contented with it. Especially remember that God is with you. And finally this morning, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's coming back. Believe me, we've said Jesus is coming back many times, but he's still really coming back. So, our pastor, they told me he's coming back 20 years ago. Yes, but now 20 years is closer. 20 years has gone out of that 20 years of his coming back. So, he's now closer than ever before. That's why you have to not just live for now alone. If our hope is only in this world, we have all men most miserable. Then it's not worth it. He says, we should have just live and die and forget and just play around. No, we are not living only for now. We are living for later. And that later is with him. And we have to conduct ourselves in the present. Because now is a reaza for later. I want you to rise up to your feet this morning. God is calling you. I'm telling you that love is a noun. But more importantly, in this season and beyond, love should be a verb for you. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses. You have nothing to prove to them. If they like what you are wearing, praise God. If they don't like it, your heavenly father likes it. Don't you know he closed the lilies of the valley? He closed lilies. They closed the wear. The, the flowers. He's the one that is providing it for them. So what about that? So tell him this morning. And ask him to remove from you. Ask him to help you. To rid yourself from everything that has choked you to not be contented. That has choked you to be to tend to be greedy. That has choked you to tend to be comparing yourself with other people. Ask him to help you this morning. He's here this morning. Ask him to help you to have an eternal perspective. Ask him to help you to understand that life is, the life that we have today on earth is not all. There is still an eternity with God. And ask him that you are interested in that eternity. Ask him that you want to reign with him. Ask him that you don't want to use earth to mess up heaven. There are too many people, they are living today to mess up tomorrow. Ask him for help. Some of you have even messed up your health in the beat to get something ask him for mercy also go ahead is god hearing you tonight this morning ask him for mercy say father show me mercy everywhere envying everywhere greed has pushed me one way or the other i ask for your mercy this morning in the name of jesus father i want to say thank you in jesus mighty name we are praying amen i want all of us to put our hands on our chest this morning because we all need this you see sometimes when you hear some of this message it looks like it's for other people it's for all of us, including me speaking. We are all prone to this thing called envy in one shape or the other. 
there is this keeping up with the Joneses that worries all of us. We are looking at people. And because we are in this world, because we are on this earth, and there's a lot of metrics in this earth that measures things. Credit, credit, credit scores is a measure. Uh, 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 what you get in your USMLE is a measure. You know, there are so many measurements in the world that keeps us in this comparison mode. But it doesn't have to happen. I want you to receive help from God this morning. And say with me, say, Heavenly Father, I come before you. I need help. I ask for your mercy. In every area where I've been envious, where I've been greedy, where I've been pursuing only my own agenda to the detriment of your own agenda. Father, forgive me. This morning... I ask you will enable me to be contented with what you have given to me. Help me to count my blessings. Help me to keep an eternal perspective to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name. I welcome Jesus into my heart afresh. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for all this, your children, this morning. And we ask, oh God. We all together, you will help us so that our perspective will change and we'll leave this place focusing more on you to the glory of your name. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. If you receive that word, can you give God a big clap of?